The Locator has been Cabrini's source of student-run journalism for 65 years. We create award-winning stories and share what's happening around our campus and in the local community. Here from the Cabrini Comm Department studio, we want to pull back the drapes and highlight our students and journalists working tirelessly to celebrate our final year as Cavaliers. I'm your host, Jason Fridge, and welcome to Talk 59. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three of Talk 59. It's been a while since we last touched base, but we've got some great interviews to share with you today. So I hope everyone is excited. First off, we've got to get started by hearing what happened this month in Cabrini history. For this month, we are going to do something a little different by highlighting an annual event, and that is the feast day of our namesake, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Mother Cabrini is the patron saint of immigrants and was the first United States citizen to be canonized on July 7, 1946 by Pope Pius XII. She came to the United States from Italy in 1889 to work with thousands of Italian immigrants living in the area. Italians were struggling to find opportunities in the U.S. at at the time, and they began to lose their faith because of it. Mother Cabrini was able to found 67 institutions during her time in the United States dedicated to caring for the poor, the abandoned, the uneducated, and the sick. Because of her work, we've celebrated Mother Cabrini's feast annually on November 13th since 2019. And on November 14th, 2023, our campus community celebrated another annual event, and that is Cabrini Day. On the topic of Cabrini Day, today I was able to sit down and talk with Kasaya Vaughn, who works in Cabrini's Wolfington Center. We overview how she got involved with Wolfington and some of the projects she's been able to take a part of. We also go over her involvement presenting during Cabrini Day and other ways that students can utilize the Wolfington Center throughout the year. We then welcome on our outstanding visuals editor for The Locator, Andrew Stofenauer, to overview the front page article of our latest newspaper copy, Investigating Cabrini's Financial History. He gives us the entire timeline of his writing process from when he first got on the team covering the situation to his research sifting through hundreds of pages of tax forms to uncover some fascinating information. Definitely two conversations that you're going to want to stick around for. But before we get into all of that, let's hear from our friend Belinda for this episode's edition of The Seal Spiel. We are back with personally my favorite segment because I get to sit down with our good friend Belinda. Belinda, welcome back. Hello. (laughs) What have you been up to since the last time we talked to you? We're supposed to do this every month. And a scheduling conflict happened within the newsroom. So now we spread out our episodes more, which I guess is better for our listeners because they get more content per episode. But what have you been up to since we talked to you back in September? Um, you know, just just the normal, regular schedule, swimming, working, school, student teaching, um, just getting through the semester, uh, finishing up some assignments before I go on break and getting ready. We have a big invitational this weekend, so we've been preparing for that. Gotcha. So let's get back to our SEAL spiel. It's still my favorite name, and I'm very proud of that one. But uh, give us a glimpse into what is happening this month in the SEAL office that students and community members should be aware of. Uh, So we are jam-packed this month in the SEAL office, um, starting with our Pop into the SEAL event, which is happening every Tuesday um, and will continue throughout the entire semester. Um, But the next thing that's coming up uh, is going to be Culture Fest is on November 16th. Um, That's going to be in Grace Hall. 
Um, November 20th, we're having something called Crafternoon, uh, which is a new event. We're going to have a bunch of crafts um, out in the grill, um, and that's November 20th. Um, on the 28th, for all our commuter students, we're having a commuter pancake breakfast in the commuter lounge. Um, there will be a Native American Heritage Month celebration on the 30th in the Grill and the Bee Lounge, um, as well as that same day, Catholic Relief Services Immigration Panel will be in Idarola, and there will be a Science Club movie night. And then to wrap up the month, um, on the 30th and December 1st, so a little bit into the next month, um, the One Act Play Festival is happening in the theater. Um, and for that, you are going to have to purchase tickets. So if you definitely want to go to that, uh, make sure that you get ahead on that. And if you have never been to a Cabrini production from our theater department, they're always outstanding. And that's a fundraiser for the spring musical, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Uh, the other thing, Crafternoon. Did you have that? Did you come up with that name? I did not. Uh, all, all name credits go to Bridget O'Donnell on that one. Uh, a true superstar in the naming of events. That one was, that's the one thing that stood out. Like I had to write that down where I'm like, make sure to follow a question on that. <laughs> uh, and the pancake breakfast for commuters. I might have to take advantage of that. Um, next thing I want to talk about is something that will happen in early December. I believe before the next time we will record. And that is our second annual semesterly semi-formal can you tell me a little bit about what's going into the planning for that and what we should expect um so there's several committees that are planning um so we kind of split it up by committee uh i'm doing the vendors so i'm helping with like the food and the dj and stuff but there's awesome people who are doing like every other piece of it um so the committees have been working i think they meet weekly at least we meet weekly um, so everyone's been working really hard um, and like shout out to all those people. They've been like tirelessly working. So the theme is going to be Cabrini through the years, um, just kind of looking at Cabrini and all of its past and its present and everything that we're kind of uh, culminating in this year. Um, and it's going to be a really, really fun event. Uh, tickets are currently available. Um, there's an Eventbrite. I believe it's on the uh, SAC Instagram and probably the SGA Instagram and like probably everywhere else you find anything Cabrini related. Yes, it is all around campus. So scan that QR code, go to the Eventbrite and get your tickets. Now, I know last year the event sold out, yes, if I'm not mistaken. It definitely did sell out last year. So get them as soon as you can. And it's cheap. It's only $5. Yep, $5 uh, for Cabrini students. And then uh, kind of a little bit of a new guest policy this year. So um, if you purchase this ticket for yourself and you're bringing someone who's non-Cabrini, um, their ticket will be linked to yours and their ticket's $10. So total for you to go to a dance with someone from outside Cabrini would be only 15 bucks. And it's a priceless experience at that. Belinda, thank you so much for coming back and telling all of our Talk 59 viewers about this month in the SEAL office. We'll see you next time. So I am joined here by Kasaya Vaughn from the Wolfington Center. Kasaya, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me, and I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I am doing great. We're recording this on Cabrini Day, so it is the day after the feast day of Mother Cabrini. It's a big school-wide celebration. We didn't have school, so that's probably the best part. Ooh. I know, right? Um, but we'll get back to classes tomorrow. Either way, we got to get started with some icebreakers. Let's get to know you a little bit. So first one, what is your go-to karaoke song? What's My Name by Rihanna. That is a great pick. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. And whenever we're not getting back together comes on, I lose my mind. But I digress. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I am definitely a night owl. I'm on the complete opposite. I'm an early bird, but I never schedule early classes 
because I always like to get up on my own time. I don't like to get up and have to worry about being somewhere. Um, final one here. What's the best book you've ever had to read for school? One of those English classes, where they assign the book and you're like, why did I actually like that? It's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I remember mine, I'd say it was probably fourth grade. And it was, have you ever heard of Among the Hidden? It was by, it's by Margaret Peterson Haddix. Used to be my favorite author, uh, but it was a crazy book about like this dystopian future. And I remember like I got it and it was one of those where it's like, come on, like really we have to read this. And I just fell in love with it. It was awesome. Um, okay. So when I was in sixth grade, it was a book called Model Land by Tyra Banks. And it was like a science uh, book for science class. Interesting. I've never heard of that. That's cool. Um, a lot better than some of the books I had to read in English class. Uh, but let's transition into a little bit more about you and some of the work that you do around campus. So first off, like, how did you get involved with the Wolfington Center? And what are some of the things that you are a part of? I got involved with the Wolfington Center by being a part of a program called Next Steps. Um, Next Steps is a community service program, and she's not here um, with us now, but uh, she was my team leader. Her name was Bushra, and Bushra um, actually helped me with um, signing up and introducing me to the Wolfington Center, and that has like opened a lot of doors for me financially, and um, I was able to connect with new people. And then after being in there for my program, I ended up um, just, you know, lounging around and staying with them. So then I started like joining different clubs and um, helping out, which got me more involved with like the Cupboard, Campus Ministry, um, helping out around the Wolfington. I'm glad that you brought up uh, Bosha because she is one of my favorite people to just see in the Wolfington Center. I believe her brother came to tour last year and I used to work for admissions and we're, we were going around campus and he's like, do you know Bushra in the Wolfington Center? And I was like, yeah, actually I do. Like, you want to go say hi? So I brought him up. It was an awesome little moment. But uh, uh, kind of moving on here, what are some of the projects that you've been able to be a part of through the Wolfington Center? You mentioned the Cabruni Cupboard, uh, which is something that I've always been curious about how that kind of works and what your guys' mission is with that. So you want to like kind of go down that route? Yes. Yeah, so the Cabrini cover is actually a part of campus ministry. It is located in the Wolfington Center. And what that is, um, every Friday we get uh, like fresh foods and fruits and um, snacks and hygiene products. And then it's on the third floor um, where the Wolfington Center is located. And basically all students or faculty, they have access to it. So if you want to cook nice meals, you can do that. That's awesome. Is that a resource that you see a lot of students using? Now they are because we're telling more people about it. Interesting. All righty. Um, so as we mentioned, today is Cabrini Day, and it's a huge event, uh, so big that we don't have, even have classes all day. Uh, what role does the Wolfington Center play in Cabrini Day? For me personally, the Wolfington Center um, gave me the opportunity to go to a trip um, in Washington. It was a Catholic conference, and... At Cabrini Day, we were able to present, and then they came together with campus ministry. So personally, I don't know, like, the full effect that they do for Cabrini Day, but I do know that we were, you know, 
folding the pant lids, uh, making the buttons, and like just having the small key details for Cabrini Day to be put together. I did. I stopped by the office yesterday, and I saw you guys putting together the little buttons. And I remember, uh, I forget who I was talking to, but I asked. I was like, so like, what are you guys kind of doing for, for this? And they're like, I've been doing this for hours, so I hope this helps. With it being Cabrini Day today, you mentioned to me before we started recording that you were presenting, and a big part of the events is the presentations. You know, can you share like what you were uh, presenting on? Yes, so um, my presentation was with Diage, and we did a presentation called It Doesn't Have to Be This Way, and it basically talked about gun violence, and the gun violence information that we received was from the Wolfington Center's conference that we went to, the Catholic Conference in Washington, D.C., and we just talked about the statistics and how to advocate for gun violence, and we just talked about our trip. I love that. That's amazing. Um, how successful do you think everything went today? I think it was really good. Um, I know a lot of people were happy, especially me, because we didn't have class. And the presentations were really, really nice. Um, everybody was, like, asking questions. They were very friendly. And then, you know, you get to top it off with, uh, like, the lunch at Cabrini Day with, like, the treats and the music. So it was very exciting. And the lunch at Cabrini Day is usually one of the best meals of the year. Did the calf kill it again? Of course they did. They had little Cabrini cookies. It was so cute. They pop off for Cabrini Day, Thanksgiving, and Easter. Those are the big three where they always come out and they always do something amazing. Uh, with this being the final year at Cabrini, what are some of the things that we can expect from the Wolfington Center for the rest of the year? You can expect um, trips uh, to advocate for people. Um, you can also expect... Uh, you know, little giveaways as well as campus ministry, come to Mass. Um, December 3rd is the Christmas at Cabrini. Um, always stop by the cupboard for free snacks, hygiene products, and um, just for like a great conversation. The Wolfington Center is there for resources, and they honestly help me out, so they might do the same for you. I love that. A Merry Little Christmas at Cabrini is another one of the best events of the year. That's where they do the uh, the... Uh, nativity reenactment correct yes. always one of the highlight events um how can we stay up to date on any of these events happening at the wolfington center do you guys have a website instagram social media what do you got yes so you can follow the wolfington center on instagram campus ministry on instagram and then every wednesday um in founders lobby uh from 11 to 3 you can stop by the table to ask questions get some free goodies and uh, just talk with us well, make sure to follow the Wolfington Center and Campus Ministry on social media. Pop by every once in a while. Go say hello. Everyone is so welcoming in there. Uh, Kasaya, thank you so much for your time today talking with our listeners here on Talk 59. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm joined here with our awesome visuals editor, Mr. Andrew Stuvenauer. Andrew, welcome on to Talk 59. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. Now, the way that we kick off all of our guests, as you may know, we do a couple icebreakers. You know, get to know you a little bit, cut through some of the tension in the air. First one I have for you. If you had a late night talk show and could invite anybody dead or alive as a guest, who would it be and why? Um, I would probably have to say... Probably Norm MacDonald. I love Norm MacDonald. One of the, in my opinion, like I love Conan. I love Conan O'Brien. Love his show. Um, but Norm MacDonald is, in my opinion, one of the funniest comedians like of 
our time of being alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is not an answer that I expected <laughs> either. Uh, when I first thought of this, the guy that I think of right away is David Goggins. I would love mm. to just like, I, I want him to hype me up right. for like five <laughs> minutes and just make me feel like I'm either invincible or soft. Right. But when you talk about comedians, I want to talk to Robin Williams. Oh, uh, a classic. A my classic. favorite comedian of all time. Yeah. I would love to just like, you know, Chop it up with mm -hmm. the guy. Hear what he has to say. Apparently, he was an amazing guy on set. Yeah. Uh, next one that I have for you. Where is the coolest place you've ever traveled? Um, so I am not really like a travel out of the country kind of person. Like the furthest I've been is like Niagara Falls, Canada, which is basically just America. Like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's, it's like there's a Starbucks every 20 feet. Like it literally just looks like America. Um, but uh, over the summer, I went to Colorado, um, and I got to see a concert at the Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's like, oh you my lucky God. dog, man. <laughs> oh, that is something that's on my bucket list, because oh I've been to Denver more than a few times, mm -hmm. and I've seen Red Rocks, right. but I've never, I've always dreamed of seeing a concert there. And actually, one of my teammates last year, shout out Connor Watts, because <laughs> he's definitely listening, uh, he graduated from at Red Rocks because oh, he was wow. from the Denver area so and I was cool. just like you actually suck like <laughs> yeah I had a pretty cool graduation I got to graduate yeah. from a uh, T-Mobile Park which is where the Seattle Mariners play oh yeah, yeah I yeah. thought that was dope <laughs> and then he's like yeah I actually graduated from Red Rocks I'm like wait to just one up me there pal um but for me I'm a history nerd mm -hmm. I love Washington DC yeah 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 big and fan it's, of it's it it's funny because so I'm from Maryland and like DC is like 40 minutes to an hour away from me. So like, and it's the same with Baltimore. I mean, not that like, I don't have people being like, oh, I really want to go visit Baltimore. But like, there are a lot of people, cause I mean, there's nothing really in Baltimore, like if I'm honest. Um, but a lot of people are like, I want to visit DC. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I just take like a Metro and I'm just there. Like it's, I mean, it's cool. Like don't get me wrong. It's really cool. Yeah. I went my seventh grade trip over spring break was a DC Philly trip. So I came out here with my class and it was like the coolest thing ever. Cause yeah. it's like, well, we're on the East coast. Yeah. Got to go to Gettysburg, come all the way. We drove Gettysburg from DC, great. stayed on the way in Gettysburg and then came to Philly for a night. It was just, Gettysburg is great. So cool. It's, it's so cool. Especially as a history buff too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I used to be all into that stuff when I was a kid. Um, Anyways, not as much now, but I digress. Now yeah. let's get to the real conversation. <laughs> What's your favorite Disney movie? So I, I really like, there's not really one that I'm like, I dislike this one completely. I hate this movie. Um, I really like Hercules and I really like Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Wow. That's one of the underrated picks. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever seen it start to finish. It's but. really good. So is um, Atlantis. Uh, yeah, that's another one. Mm -hmm. um, Hercules is one that I first saw like back in high school, which is yeah. kind of crazy. And that's that's in my top tier list. But I have to go to Disney Pixar for this one. Mm -hmm. The Incredibles. Incredibles is so good. Hands down. So best good. Pixar movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. That and like OG Toy Story is up yeah. there. Like, OG Toy so Story. Good. The original. So good. Yeah. I mean, like that was the first Pixar movie. Like literally. So, like, yeah. Um, I know Inside Out's getting a sequel here too, so maybe we'll talk about that if we. <laughs> maybe I actually I actually don't love Inside Out. Isn't that weird? I think I'm like the only person on the planet who is like, I don't really like that movie. Yeah, I remember when I first saw it, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm a softie at heart. That's why I need David Goggins to come right, tune me that's up. That's true, exactly. Uh, now let's get into why you're on here, and that is for your recent article that you 
and our friend Jake Rader for yeah. Talk 59 listeners. They were uh, able to meet him in our first episode. You created an article called Cabrini's Financial Transparency, Alumni Seek Answers, and it was outstanding. <laughs> so good. It is the front page of our most recent print edition of The Loquitor, which you should all grab a copy if you're listening. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up working on this story? Was this something that you pitched? Was it an idea that was brought up in one of our meetings? Like, How did you get your hands on it? Well, so, um, so first off, thank you for saying everything that you said about the article. Um, it is, it's an honor to be not only on the front page, but to like actually work on something that's like really, really good and people really, really like. Um, but so we, we in the communications department, um, we've been noticing a bit of a, a, a lack of money just in general. Um, so I, I think it was actually during one of our meetings that um, that's what it was. We weren't able to do to... Um, print copies of the loquitor for um, for October. So when we were told that, we were talking about the financials because the reason we couldn't do it is because we didn't have any money to to pay for it to be printed. Um, and then we got into talking about how the radio station can't buy any more music uh, in the production house. We can't buy any more like tape for the floors. Um, and somebody was like, "Oh, like we should write an article about." why the financial situation, like what's going on with the financial situation. And I was like, I'll do that. Like that sounds interesting. Um, and then it kind of became bigger than it. It pretty much immediately became bigger than just like an article about the financial stuff. So that's why me and Jake are doing it together. So, so now let's go into the process they had researching all these financials. Uh, because I remember talking to you, I think it was last week when you were deep into <laughs> the ruins of financial audits and yeah. trying to understand what they mean and what we can get out of it for this article. So what was that research process like and kind of walk me through some of the findings you were able to get? Yeah. So, um, so we were actually able to talk to a lot of alumni about it, which was great. Jake found a, like a lot of alumni who were willing to talk, which I'm like forever grateful for him. Um, but so I, we were given um, a document that had that outlined a lot of the debt, um, and on that document was where the person who wrote it found the information. Um, I then went to that website, and then through that, I figured out that that website not only broke everything down like cohesively, um, but had all of our 990 tax forms, our 990s, our 990Ts, and our, any financial audits that had been done on the school. Um, and from, whatever, uh, 2022 to the year 2000. So I just grabbed all those and just started looking through them. They're about like 75 to 100 pages each. So I haven't gone through all of them. But I mean, it's like, it's like, deep, deep, like, and it's confusing. Like, it's so confusing. Cause I'm not, I don't know. I, I do my taxes with TurboTax. Like I barely even do my own taxes. Like I don't even, I don't know how to sort through all of this information, but it's, I mean, in 2018, when enrollment was heavily dropping, Donald Taylor was still getting paid almost half a million dollars, Wow, which is like, I mean, that's an insane amount of money. Especially for a school that was deficit spending by that point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and um, by that point we had built, or we started to uh, plan building the parking garage, 
um, doing everything with the nursing program, um, everything with uh, Tom Nerney had already happened. I, I'm fairly certain that by that point we had already become a university, which was another like money sink, which hasn't even been fulfilled. I mean, the floor of Founders Hall still says Cabrini College. Like, it's interesting stuff you got to think about. It is. <laughs> uh, one of the portions of your article that really stands out to me is a line under the why did Cabrini lose money section where it says during the Taylor administration, the university lost an estimated $35.5 million. How were you able to find that number? So um, the website that we had originally gone to outlined our net income. I thought it was outlining our net losses. Turns out we have not made we have not had a positive net income for 10 years. Um, and that goes further back than Donald Taylor. Um, but yeah, so like in, in each, on each year, it, it would say our net income. And for 10 years, it's always been in the negatives. Um, so that's how we ended up getting that number. And on that topic of like interesting findings that you had, was there anything else that like stood out from your research as like, wow, this is something serious that like we haven't really been talking about because I knew that we were in and I think a lot of students understood we were in financial trouble but 10 years back deficit spending with all of the things that we were doing as a college and then a university kind of putting money into these different programs was there anything else that stood out as like this is kind of where it started to go wrong yeah so I mean like the first year that Donald Taylor came here, um, so the two years before we had, our net income was negative a million dollars, which doesn't make any sense. Like that doesn't make any sense. I don't really know how that happens, but negative a million, it, from, from other research I did, like that happens sometimes. Like colleges and universities are a money pit. But the first year Donald Taylor was here, our net income was negative $7 million. So like, I don't know where the other six million went. I don't know how that happens. Um, but there was, there was just weird stuff like that and weird spending. Like I think it, I think it was in 2018. Um, we didn't make any money for from fundraising. Uh, we actually made negative seventy six thousand dollars. If I'm reading the nine nineties correctly, which it's possible that I'm not, but I'm pretty sure that I am in this case. Um, but like, how does that happen? Why didn't we do more fundraising? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I think these are a lot of questions that the alumni are asking and that's why your titled article is alumni are seeking answers uh was there anything that didn't make the final publication i believe your article is over a thousand words and it's a doozy please if you are listening right now and have not read it you can find it online at the but was there anything that didn't make the cut that you think is like still kind of of note yeah so i mean like there was a Alumni are very open to talking to us. Um, we had Joe Johnson, who was like an open book. Um, he gave us a lot of really good information. We got names of people for us to research later. Um, we're probably going to do at least two more articles on this topic. Not really alumni, but the financial situation. Um, and so, yeah, we got a lot of names to look into, a lot of weird uh, like offices of people and groups of people who were just like these big money pits where they were employees who were on payroll, but like, were they really doing what they were supposed to? Um, I don't want to get into specifics because that's like, you know, libel list or whatever, um, or slander, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got a lot of, like people are, were just so open to talking to us. We got so many names. Like, I think I have a full page written down of, of 
other stuff that we have to look into. That's always so helpful when you're doing a big article like this, where like you're dealing with serious stuff. And the more people you can have that will give you some of the information that you can't find online, we're a private university. So a lot of stuff happens that isn't public information. Um, and I love that you're foreshadowing that, like we got more stuff in the works. So definitely make sure that you are keeping up with Andrew and Jake's articles from the locator. Final thing, when people read this article and please read the article, it's amazing and very, very thoroughly put together as you can hear from Andrew's work. Uh, how do you hope people read and react to this article? I mean, it's, it's interesting because we didn't want to make something that was Everything this year is, oh, isn't it so sad that we're closing? And it is so sad that we're closing. But we didn't want to like really like compound that in this in this article. We didn't want that to take it over. Um, I, uh, me personally, I would be angry, but also understand that like it's not. There's not much we can do about it anymore. As unfortunate as that sounds, it's better to console someone who's grieving than it is be mad that someone has passed if that makes sense it does and i think the reaction that i had when i was reading it is like i'm just so curious about what else i don't know and i yeah. think that's something that you hinted at it's like there's more that even with all of this research we did going into a thousand words there's so much more research and and back digging that we have to do to understand the true you know grasp of the situation that we're in so, Andrew, we appreciate so much all of your hard work that you put into that and all the work that you do as our visual editor in general. We are currently at our layout night, and Andrew is all over <laughs> making sure that our newspaper looks up to par. Uh, so we seriously appreciate all of that work you do for our newsroom around campus and for our community. And thank you especially for coming on to Talk 59. Of course. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for listening to Talk 59. We have a lot of work happening here in the newsroom and around campus that we are excited to give you the inside scoop on throughout this year. Make sure to follow The Locator on Instagram at The Locator, L-O-Q-U-I-T-U-R, so you can stay up to date on all the content we will be putting out throughout the year. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Talk 59 on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Jason Fridge, and we'll make sure when news happens, you're the first to hear. We'll see you next time.